Thank you, Brother George. I appreciate that. And everybody knew that Brother George got engaged yesterday. Amen. It went well. She said yes, and and he said okay. And so uh, we're looking forward to the uh, the wedding, and whenever that may be, and then uh, whatever comes after that. Amen. And so y'all pray for him and Diana as they uh, have decided to to live their lives together in the days ahead. And so we're, we're, we are excited when people do things right, right, where they, uh, they don't commit fornication, they don't commit adultery, uh, they actually get married, uh, and then, uh, then they have children, right, that we are excited about things that are done biblically and scripturally. So, Brother George, I thank you for that, for doing it that way, and it's encouraging to my heart to see young people who just want to do it God's way. Amen. And so we're excited about that. All right. Now, the last Friday, I didn't get to give this to Sister uh, Heather to put it in the bulletin, but it'll be in there next week. The last Friday of this month is our Bible study here in the Fellowship Hall at 7 o'clock. So you're invited to come to that. Brother Charles, I think you're the one that's on. Are you okay with that? No. The last Friday of this month. It's like the 27th. Yeah. So we're excited about that. And, uh, again, we have some uh, finger foods and stuff and then have a Bible study and pray and then seek the Lord. And uh, so we'll be doing that again. We'll always enjoy that together as well. Here this next month, we'll be having a, uh, a, a budget meeting as well for the year of 2023, and I'll let you know about that uh, too. Um, and then we're going to visitation, and we got some other thoughts about how to reach the community with the gospel and so we're looking forward to all these ideas and thoughts that we've got together and so that we can just see another one get saved. Amen. That's our heart's desire. All right. If you have your Bible here this morning, uh, let's turn back to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. And uh, you might be thinking already, well, brother, I thought Christmas is over and here we are reading the same story that we've known for many years. And uh, maybe so, but... Let's do it one more time. Amen. So here, Matthew chapter 1, let's look, read in verse 20 as we stand to our feet in honor of God's word. And I want to preach this morning on the deception of conception. The deception of conception. And we find this conception that we so well known and so clear. Matter of fact, the whole world seems to, to buy each other gifts over it. Uh, we find in verse 20, and while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived. There's that conception that the world gave gifts over. And her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, being, which being interpreted is God with us. Father, we come to you in the most precious name, the name above every name. That name is Jesus here this morning. God, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of every thought, of every word, of every deed, of every imagination. God, anything that I didn't do that I should do, anything I did do that I shouldn't do, God, I ask you to cleanse me this morning. I want to be a vessel that's cleansed for God. Lord, I want to be fit for the Master's use this morning. God, I ask you, oh God, that you'd speak to all of us this morning concerning our lives and concerning our walk and Father, I pray, Lord, that you search down deeply within our hearts of any sin or wickedness or iniquity, God, or transgression, God, that has divided you and I and us and you. And, God, we pray you now, Lord, that you touch us with the word of God. Help us to hear it this morning. Help us to know it. God, help us to apply it, Lord. Help us to be changed because of it. Thank you for the good group that you've gathered here this morning. I pray you bless them. God, meet their needs and touch their lives. I pray, Lord, you'd raise them up to be men and women of God. Father, use them in their communities. Use them in their households. God, use them in their workplaces. God, use them, dear God, 
so that Jesus may be magnified in all areas and all places we go and be. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So the reason I called this the deception of conception is because in the way of salvation, we just want to make it real clear this year, uh, this morning, about the type of conception that it will require that you be born again. And that type of, of conception is a spiritual conception. It's always been that way. And it always began with Jesus and him being conceived of the Holy Ghost. And so this morning, we just want to make clear, make this understanding as we go forward in this year, what does it mean to be saved? What does it mean to be born again? What does it mean to be a child of God, to be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, to be a Christian? Uh, what does it mean to be the church? How do I get there? Uh, what portion do I play in that? Uh, where am, am I in the process of being saved this morning? And I began to look at this conceived of the Holy Ghost. And I began to look at it in Jesus' virgin birth and the way that he entered into this world that we would call uh, the Son of God or we'd say the Savior this morning. And I find some similarities and I find some some things that happen within Jesus and his virgin birth and his conception that I believe it might mean something to you and I this morning so that we can have clear understanding of how we get saved. It will be an awful thing that when you breathe your last breath and close your eyes for the last time and you thought you were saved or you prayed a prayer to be saved or you went through these these uh, maybe these don'ts or these do's and maybe you've done everything the preacher said or maybe you've done all that the Sunday school teacher has given you or maybe you'll follow the instructions of your family, your mom and daddy and brother and sister and when you die you lift up your eyes in hell. What an awful day that would be. What an awful thing that that would take place. But with this tonight, this morning, and the way that Jesus was born, and the way that the Bible says he was born, I want to bring some things out this morning that would bring some assurance to your heart uh, that you have actually been conceived into the family of God. Amen. And that you might leave out of here this morning saying, I know that I know that I know that I know. Do you know? I know that Jesus Christ lives in my heart and that I'm saved by the grace of God. I'm washed in the blood of the Lamb. I got a reservation in heaven. My name's written down in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. On and on and on it could go. Rather than walk out of here this morning with there's nothing to it. Oh, that Brother Larry, he's just saying again what he's always said. You know, everybody's going to heaven. You know, it doesn't really matter how you live. It don't really matter what you believe. It don't really matter at all. Every religion's the same. I will hope you're not that ignorant this morning to believe that, to think that, to allow the devil to deceive you. And that's why I called it the deception of conception. You're going to have to be conceived. That's just the bottom line. Now, you take that word conceived here this morning, and you go and you look in chapter 1 here and look there in verse 2. It says, Abraham begat. That's the same word as conceived. It's the same word. You go all through that. Go through all your Bible. Whenever Elizabeth uh, gave birth unto uh, John the Baptist, that word birth is the same word. Whenever you find all through the Bible, Birth, 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 birth. That's that word conceived. Conceived. It was interesting to me as I began to study and began to look into God's word on this word conceived. I want you to notice, number one, that when Jesus was born, the type of conception that he was born with. The type of conception was this in verse 20. In verse 20 it says, conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. We find of the Savior that he was born of the Father. The Bible says that. It, hold your hand there, but in Luke chapter 1 in verse 35, uh, we find that it's saying this, 
He says, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest, now who's the highest? That's the Father, shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. We find this morning that you'd say, Who birthed Jesus? You'd say, He was conceived of the Holy Ghost. He was born of the Father. Amen. Uh, the Father has birthed the Son. The Father's blood runs through Emmanuel's veins. It was the Father that became flesh. It was God that became flesh. It was Jesus. Jesus didn't become a man. Jesus has always been God. Amen. Uh, he wasn't at all that there was no period of time where Jesus was. He's always been. So we say this morning that he was born of the Father. We can say that he's born of God. Number two, you could also say that he was born of the Spirit. In verse 20 of Matthew chapter 1, says that he is of the Holy Ghost. Matter of fact, it says in verse 18, uh, she was found with child of who? Of the Holy Ghost. And so it is very clear this morning uh, that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, would be born of the Father, the highest overshadowing her, and then born of the Spirit. But thirdly, he's also born of a woman. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 4, and there in verse 4, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law. And so as we can look at this birth of Jesus, we could say with honesty and integrity this morning and biblically and scripturally that Jesus Christ was born of God, was born of the Spirit, and born of a woman. The Bible also teaches us today uh, that God had prepared a body for him. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 5, but a body hath he prepared me. And so as we look at what's taking place in this virgin birth of Jesus, we find <coughs> that within her there was a body prepared, and that body was now dwelt or filled by God. Right? And when she gave delivery, she gave forth a son, and that son was the Savior of the world. Amen? And so we can say clearly that Jesus is 100% man, through Mary, and 100% God. Amen? And so we see that to be so clear and so real. Now, what about the sinner now? How does a sinner get saved? Well, we know that the sinner, number one, is born of the flesh, <coughs> born of Adam, right? We also know that in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. We I can say that each one of us that's ever been born have been born of a woman. Jesus was born of a woman. And we can say this morning that every one of us that's born has born to die, and that we are born as a sinner. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, that we're all dead in sins and trespasses. Amen. We are spiritually dead. Our body is dying, and our soul is headed to hell. That's how we enter into this world. We also can say this morning, are we born of the flesh, but we can be born again of the Spirit. That's how we get born again, is of the Spirit. Just like Jesus was born of the Holy Ghost. So shall ye be born of the Spirit. In John chapter 3, turn there with me. We'll come back to Mark. I know we've been reading this probably a long time. I know I have. Uh, but we need to see some details here. In chapter 3, in verse 3, we find of how does one get born. Well, you've got to be born of the flesh first before you can be born of the Spirit. Amen. We find here in the Scripture, in John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now what does it mean to be born again? Well, he explains that in verse 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water. That's flesh. That's the water of the woman. Every one of us has always been in water. 
We always come forth from the water. When the water of that woman may break, then you know the baby is coming shortly. Amen. And so we find that if you're ever going to be conceived, uh, uh, friend, to be saved this morning, you're going to have to be born of the flesh, but then you've got to be born, uh, friend, of the Spirit as well. So born of the water, number one. Number two, born of the Spirit. The Bible says in verse 5, of the Spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, that thou hearest sound thereof, that canst not tell whence thee cometh, and whither it goeth. So is every one, every one, not just some, not just a few, not almost everybody, but every one is born, according to the Scripture now, born of the Spirit. Now, friend, that's exactly how Jesus was conceived, of the Holy Ghost. And if you're going to, friend, find salvation, you're going to have to be born of the Spirit. For the flesh is the flesh, and the Spirit is the Spirit. Born and conceived is the same word. So as Jesus was conceived of the Holy Ghost, you're going to have to be conceived of the Holy Ghost in order to be saved. Now, this is important. You know how many people don't believe that? You know how many people believe that all you got to do is pray a prayer and you're in or in? Do you know how many people believe all you got to do is get baptized and go to heaven? Do you know how many people believe that all you do is join the Catholic Church, join a Baptist Church, Methodist Church, Church of Christ, or any other church you want? You're a Muslim, you're a Hindu, uh, you're a Buddhist, uh, whatever it is, Jehovah's Witness, Seventh-day Adventist, uh, Mormons. You're all the way automatically in. And yet the scripture teaches you've got to be conceived. You've got to be conceived. You've got to be conceived of the Holy Ghost. You've got to have a contact. You've got to have an event, an experience in your life. Whenever you're just flesh, you're just born of the mother's womb, you're just born in water, and you come forth like we all do. And somewhere within that time of salvation, you've got to experience the Spirit of God. It's got to bring forth life. Friend, they're not preaching this no more. The churches are not talking about this any longer. It's no longer, friend, about being saved and being born again. It's about joining the church. It's about the church growth. It's talking about having more people. It's talking about building big buildings. It's talking about having more grounds. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about how to be saved this morning. you got to be born of the Spirit. Just like Jesus was conceived of the Holy Ghost, so shall ye. Now, don't misunderstand me this morning with that statement to think that Jesus had to be born again like you have to be born again. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying, though, that the birth of Jesus was conceived of the Holy Ghost, and so shall your birth or your rebirth be as well. That's what I'm saying. We find in 1 John chapter 5, verse 1 says this. This is the same word. Now, that word born again is the same word as conceived. But in chapter 5 of 1 John, the word born of God is the same word. You could say word conceived of God. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is conceived of God. And 1 John 5, 4 says, for whatsoever is born of God, whatsoever is conceived of God, overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. The Savior's birth was the Spirit and the virgin. Our birth, spiritual birth, is the Spirit and the Word of God. No one ever gets conceived without two. No one ever gets conceived without having a, a seed and an egg. And friend, we find in our own salvation, according to the Scripture, the Bible teaches this. There in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And here's how you get saved, by being conceived of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God begins to bring conviction upon your heart. 
It begins to show you forth but sin and righteousness and judgment. And you only understand that because the preaching of God's Word has come upon your heart and become upon your ears. And as you listen to God's Word, and as God's Word begins to move, faith comes by hearing and hearing of the Word of God. Uh, the faith begins to work within your heart by the way of the passage of the Spirit of God. And as the Spirit of God begins to persuade you, as the Word of God begins to rely upon the Word of God, and you come together in those two, and that is a conception from the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And now you've got birth. Conceived. The type of conception. What type is it? Spiritual. Spiritual. You see, this morning you might think lowly of spiritual life. But godly speaks highly of spiritual life. See, today, coming to church and listening to the Word of God is spiritual. Coming to the house of God and singing songs this morning is spiritual. Giving your tithes and offerings unto the Lord is worship. Whenever you come and begin to pray, you begin to give God your heart and give over your life and confess your sin and tell God that you want more of Him and less of you. It's a place of spiritual. We can leave out of here in just a moment and do all kind of physical, all kind of carnal. We can, we can pile our lives up with everything today with worldliness and materialism and friend and think that we're okay. You're not okay until there's a spiritual conception into your life. Number two, not only the type of conception, but I noticed in Jesus' birth, there's the time. The time. You see, when it becomes a spiritual conception, man can't birth you. And when it's a spiritual conception, man cannot birth you, but words can't birth you. Prayer can't birth you. Did you know that? Did you know that you can't say nothing to be saved? There's not a word in all this word of God that can tell you to give you the privilege and honor. If you say this, you'd be saved. Did you know as well about this conception that works can't birth you? There's not one thing you can do in order to be spiritually conceived. Not one word you can say. There's nothing that man can do. We can pray you in the church, but we can't pray you into heaven. We can pray you to a place where you come into repentance of God, but we can't pray you into the way of faith. So I say to you, friend, you better be real considered about this spiritual conception the time of conception we find in verse 21 back into our text of Matthew 1 she shall bring forth a son she shall bring forth a son that's a time factor she will have this son in her womb for all of life there's coming a delivery day there's coming a time uh, that she's going to deliver Jesus the Savior will be delivered, and he'll be delivered one time. Right? I know this is elementary, but we've got to get through it. Jesus was born once. He was born one time. The second thing I know is about Jesus, he was born in one place. Bethlehem. He wasn't born in Nazareth, Bethlehem, and Jerusalem. He was born in Bethlehem. So we find one time, one birth that Jesus experienced. One birth. Conceived of the Holy Ghost one time. One place. This, make, this, got, this got to make sense to you this morning. And so there's only one time and then there's one place and one birth. And so we go down to the save this morning. And uh, we would say to you and I that uh, as Jesus was born once, and in one place, and he was born in one day. Right? Never to be repeated. Is that true? So his one day, his one birth, and his one place in Bethlehem at that certain time, at that certain place, it's never to be repeated. We don't, as believers, go back to Bethlehem, and on Christmas we go back and say, okay, Jesus is born again. No, he was born, and it's one time. 
So it can't be repeated. And number two, it can't be removed. Nobody can say that Jesus was born in Bethlehem on this day and at that time with one birth. And you know what? We're just going to wipe it out say it didn't happen. Can't happen, right? It can't be removed. It can't be repeated. I'll tell you the third thing that it can't be this morning, talking about his birth, is that it cannot be redone. Can't redo it. It's a one-time thing. Is that true? I know it's elementary, but it's going to mean something to you in a minute. So in other words, Jesus' conception is history. Right? He is not being born. Right? He was born. He was not trying to be born. He was born. He was not almost born. He was born. So let's go down to the saved. So saved, when you're conceived of the Holy Ghost, saved, when you've been born of the Spirit, you'll find uh, that it is one birth. How many times have you been saved? Well, I made like three professions of faith, been baptized two times, and, you know, uh, all that don't mean nothing. Jesus was born once, you be born once. Hey, one time. You're not, you're not being saved. You're saved. You know, everybody in this room being saved is past tense. None of us saying, I am being saved. I'm almost saved. I'm quite saved. I'm a little saved. I'm almost, I'm almost there. Uh, give me another year and I'll be fully saved. Uh, that's nonsense. In the birth of Jesus, as it is in the birth of you, in conception of the Holy Ghost of God, it's one birth. It's done. Number two, you were born at one place. Born in one place. Friend, when Jesus entered into your life, you became born again. That's the place you are conceived of the Holy Ghost. Do you think you remember that? Do you think that when the Holy Ghost of God came into your life and the Holy Ghost of God changed you for all of glory, that you know the place you got saved? I talk to people, they say, I don't even know, I think I've been saved all my life. That's not a conception of the Spirit of God. Some people say, well, I was saved, uh, you know, as a, as a young boy, as a young girl. My mom and dad took me to church, and we was in it, we was doing it, we, and I just kind of moved on and kept on going the way that I've always been taught. Listen, friend, when the Holy Spirit of God, God himself, would enter into a life of yours, friend, there is a birth once, and there is a place. There ain't nobody in this room that's ever been born physically without a place. So why do we think being saved, there's no place? Tell me why. I'm telling you, friend, a lot of people have the deception of conception. Somehow, some way, uh, they just kind of evolved in this thing. Somehow, some way, the tradition of the fathers and the mothers just pushed me into this thing. That I'm a Christian because I hold some rules. I'm a Christian because I don't do some things. I'm a Christian because I believe some things in the Bible. No, you're not a Christian for any of those. You're a Christian by being Conceived of the Holy Ghost. There's a place. Right now, each one of y'all need to search your heart and say, where did I get saved? One birth, one place, one day. There's a day that you got born again. What day is that? You say, well, I don't know if it's a Monday, Tuesday, but you know the day. I don't know if it's at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, or 1 o'clock, but I know the day. I know on that day, on that place, I know that right there changed me for all of eternity. And when somebody says to me, when did you get conceived of the Holy Ghost of God? I got conceived right there. Do you know that? See, the deception of conception is this. You don't have to know that. All you got to know is that you have a feeling. All you got to know that is you got a thought. 
All you got to know is that you done went through the process and went through all the prayer time. And all you got to know is you were baptized. And all you got to know is that you have a warm feeling. That's not the conception of the Holy Ghost. That's a deception. We find this morning the type of conception. We find the time of conception. Amen. Is that true? I thought it might be. We find this morning the thrill of the conception. We see in verse 21, he says, And thou shalt call his name Jesus. That's the thrill of conception. What do you mean, brother? Well, for Jesus, the name Jesus shall be called Jesus. Now, a name is a name of identity. Right? You say Jesus any place, anywhere, in all times, immediately they don't think about Jesus down the street. They don't think of Jesus, thy brother. They don't think of Jesus uh, down there in the way you work. When you say Jesus, immediately there's only one. Identity. What a thrill. That when Jesus got saved, they shall call his name Jesus. His name, identity. Number two, his name was clarified or clarity. It just cleared it out. They shall call his name Jesus. It's clear. He's different than all the rest. Identity. Call his name Jesus. But then thirdly, it was, uh, his name was to verify. To verify. Verify, clarify, and identify. Just say that name Jesus, friend, and all of hell knows his name. Amen. I promise you, if you could go into hell this morning, if you could bust hell wide open this morning, and you walk in, and you say, attention, attention. I have come to this awful place called hell, and I'm going to ask every single person in this room, when you came, and since you've been here, does anybody know Jesus? And I promise you, the whole of hell will begin to shout and begin to yell out and say, Yes, we know Jesus. I could say to you, if we busted heaven wide open and you walk onto the streets of gold, you say, Listen, I'm going to ask one question. Does anybody know Jesus? All of heaven would begin to shout. There would be a celebration out of this world. Oh, there would be folks falling down, lifting up his name, saying, Jesus, 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 the sweetest name I know. All of hell knows his name. All of heaven knows his name. Can I say that Jesus' name is loved? Millions of people love him. But can I say Jesus' name is hated? Millions of people, above millions of people, hate his name. Now, why this morning? That's just Jesus. One name. What a thrill. I'm going to tell you something. When you got conceived of the Holy Ghost, according to Acts, they said that they call the disciples first at Antioch. What? Christian. I made all the world. You say, Christian. I know what that is. What a thrill of this conception. That they, the world today, would know uh, that they, hey, Christians are loved today. Christians are hated today. Christians are respected today. And Christians are despised today. Hallelujah. What took place? What made a difference in your life this morning? That the world would acknowledge you. The world would say, I know about that. And those around you would say, I tell you what happened. The conception. That's what happened. And when you got conceived of the Holy Ghost of God, not only did they call Jesus Jesus, but they called you Christian. Ain't that something? The type, the time, the thrill. Number four, the truth of conception. 
The Bible says in verse 21, we're just, we're just going right down, line upon line, precept upon precept. The Bible says in verse 21, for he shall save his people from their sins. The Savior in this conceived being of the Holy Ghost, we find that the purpose at, of Jesus at birth. What was the purpose of Jesus at birth? For he shall save his people from their sins. What made that possible? Conceived of the Holy Ghost. Conceived of the Holy Ghost. That's what made it possible. Now, it wasn't the purpose of Jesus at birth, but the pleasure of Jesus at birth. His pleasure was not to find a woman and to be married. His, his pleasure was not to have a family of a bunch of children. His pleasure wasn't to find a hillside at Galilee and build a big home. His pleasure wasn't to be a farmer or a shepherd to, sheep, to take the sheep out into the field. But his pleasure was that he would save his people from their sins. His purpose right there at the birth. Right there, there was the purpose. There was the pleasure. But thirdly, I noticed the performance of Jesus at birth. He said, the Bible said, for he shall save his people from their sins. You see, Jesus did the will of the Father. Why, why would he do that? Now, let, get what I'm saying this morning. At the very birth in Bethlehem, as they looked upon this Son, who, she, who this virgin shall have, they said they shall call his name Jesus. What thrill that is. But then they said he shall save his people from their sins. Was there any doubt in your mind that Jesus wouldn't do that? Is there any way, inclination, any thought process, maybe something that come up, maybe something that would happen? Maybe there's always accidents, there's always situations, there's always circumstances. But because of the Scripture and the virgin birth and the conception of the Holy Ghost of God, He shall save His people from His sins. I guarantee you, if all of hell broke loose and all of heaven shut down and all the evil demons would come forth, He still would save His people from their sins. You know why? Because of the conception of the Holy Ghost. That's why. And so we find this morning in this truth that Jesus kept the Word of God. Jesus walked by the way of the Spirit. John chapter 6, verse 38. Let me give you scripture. I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him that sent me. Because of his conception of the Holy Ghost, his whole focus in mind was, I'm going to do the will of him that sent me. The will of him that sent me. Number two, in John 8, 29, he said, For I do always those things that please him. That's what Jesus said. And so Jesus' mind and pleasure was, I'm just going to please him. Whatever he wants me to do, I'll please him. I came to save that which was lost. I came to save my people from their sins because that brings pleasure to my Father. Now I do the will of him that sent me, and I will do, always do, him to please him. Thirdly, John 17, 4, he said this, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou hast gavest me to do. As that baby was in that end. And as the word of God said, they shall call his name Jesus and he shall save his people from their sins. There was absolutely 100% surety that that will happen. And the only reason why it would happen is because of the conception of the Holy Ghost. Now, how about, how about the believer this morning? When you actually get conceived or being born of the Spirit, you're going to find that at birth you're created unto good works. At the time of your conception of the Spirit of God, uh, you have now been determined and created in a such a way the Spirit of God has now indwelt you uh, that you will be created unto good works. This isn't something you might do. This isn't something you possibly could do. This is not something you could kind of eventually get into. 
This is not something that you have to go to college and, and get a degree and become a Ph.D. And, and know more of the Scripture and read all the Bible and memorize all the Scripture in order for you to be able to do unto good works. No, as Jesus was conceived of the Holy Ghost and as we are born of the Spirit, we find at the birth of the Spirit there is a truth within us, and that is that we're created unto good works. And that's what we will do. That's if you're conceived of the Holy Ghost, though. The only reason we can do that is because of the Spirit of God. Now, I created under Christ Jesus, or created in Christ Jesus unto good works, but we find that, that birth, we're also conceived unto good works. Turn your Bibles to Titus chapter 3 with me. Titus chapter 3, verse 11. Now, I want you to get this this morning because this is, has to do with the conception of of the Holy Ghost. If you've been born of the Spirit this morning, then this is who you are. And you can't be nothing but this, just like Jesus couldn't. The Bible says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that we might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. As Jesus went from the, the birth to the cross, you and I will come from birth, being born again, unto zealous of works. We'll begin to live a, a godly, righteously, and a sober life. We begin to live according to the grace of God that appeared to all men. Begin to teach us, fill us, anoint us, and then we begin to become just like the Spirit of God. That's if you've been conceived of the Spirit of God. A lot of people have been, just been, been saved by a prayer, and they don't have all this. A lot of people have been saved by their own works and their own self-righteousness. They've decided how they get saved. They decided how they're going to get saved. They decided when they're going to get saved. You see, you don't decide any of that. You see, you can't get saved unless you're drawn of the Father. So you can't tell me when you get saved. And so you can't get saved unless you come under the conviction of the, the Spirit of God. You can't get saved. So it's telling me this morning that none of us knew when we were going to get saved. None of us knew uh, the place, didn't know the time. We didn't know any of that. It's when God moved. And so what I'm saying is this this morning, and the truth of the conception is God not only moved on you on that day of salvation, but God moved in you on that day of salvation, and you are who you are because that's who he made you. We don't have choice to come to church tonight. Tell me where you get that choice. You got choice to receive Christ as your Savior. But you ain't got no choice not to come to church tonight. You ain't got no choice to come on Wednesday night. You ain't got no choice. Tell me where you get that from. Give me a verse today. I got a verse, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. You got to disobey the word of God tonight in order for to come to, to come to church. The Spirit of God will convince you of that. The Spirit of God will persuade you of this. And the Spirit of God will get you off your do-nothing and get in your car and get, get cleaned up and clothes on and run down to the house of God because you're going to come here and talk about Jesus and lift up the name of Christ, hear God's word, sing the songs of the Lord, be in fellowship with God's people. And that's all the Spirit of God will call. The flesh, the flesh don't want that. And when you live by feelings and you live by emotion, you know, used to you ask the question, you said, uh, what do you think about that? And somebody had to really think, like use your noggin. But you know in 2023, you know what the question is now? How do you feel about that? Used to be, what do you think about that? Now it's how do you feel about that. I'm not going here. We don't care how you feel. We don't get nothing on feelings. What do you think about that? So we find this morning the truth of conception 
is Jesus said, I'll do the will of the Father. I always please him. And I, I will always finish the work which he sent me to do. You know what the truth is for the conception of those who have been born again? That I will always do the will of the Father. I'll always please him. And I will finish the work that he sent me to do. Is that true? Man. I like it. Oh, can I say here? You know, Brother Keith really put us in a bad position. This is the, what the conception has done for Christ, and this is what the conception will do for us if you've been conceived of the Holy Ghost. Here, fifthly and lastly, I want you to look at the thrust of conception. The Bible says back into our text in Matthew chapter 1, he says, there in verse 22, Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And this is the thrust of conception, is Emmanuel, God with us. Do you think this morning if Jesus wasn't born of a virgin and he wasn't conceived of the Holy Ghost, could the Scripture say, Call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Could that happen? No. But when you get born of the Spirit, as Jesus, we find God with us. Jesus is God in us. Jesus is God for us. But when you get born of the Spirit, you'll find now that God is with us. Right? This is the thrust of it. The only way you can get God with us is by being spiritually conceived of the Holy Ghost. It's the only way Jesus had Emmanuel. Only way you and I can get Emmanuel. Not only is God with us, God's in us, and God's for us. That's the thrust of this conception, being born of the Spirit of God. Without that, God is not near you. God is not of you. And God isn't in you the only way that God could come in you is if there is being born again born of the spirit the type of conception the time of conception the truth of conception the thrust of conception and when you find that this salvation has brought forth Emmanuel God with us, God in us, and God for us. Three things can't happen. Number one, you can't lose your salvation. Because when you've been spiritually born, conceived of the Holy Ghost, and that conception is the Holy Ghost that brought that new life and eternal life in you. Let me ask you a question, dear friend. What can you do and where can you go? Where God's not. You can't lose it. You can't lose your salvation, friend, when Emmanuel is in you. You're not can you lose your salvation, but you can't leave your salvation. You got that? You can't lose it, but you can't leave it. There's nobody in this room who has been born again, born and conceived of the Holy Ghost of God, that you can leave your salvation. None. Zero. You say, well, I know people right now who just left the church. They just walked away from God. They went right back in their own way of living. They never were conceived of the Holy Ghost. If you ever were conceived of the Holy Ghost, you cannot leave it. How do you think God's just going to jump out of you? You think, well, I got born, I was conceived of the Holy Ghost, and all of a sudden I got unconceived? How many people here got unconceived? All your children. Did anybody get unconceived ever? Then why do we think, spiritually speaking, we can get unconceived? It's crazy the way we think. Neither do you, you can't lose your salvation, and you won't leave your salvation. But here, lastly, you don't lift your salvation. You don't lift it up. You don't say, okay, it's above me now. It's, it's over. I can just move on. Oh, Lord, help. I pray this morning.
None of us are part of this deception of conception. Jesus' birth was a miracle, wasn't it? You being born again is a miracle. Thank God for His miracle. Have you been born of the Spirit this morning? Have you been conceived of the Holy Ghost? They celebrate His birth. You ought to as well. But I'll tell you something else you ought to celebrate. You ought to celebrate your birth. The miracle that God done in your life, October 30th, 1988 for me, in Parkwood Baptist Church, down at Old Fashioned Altar, whenever I was conceived of the Holy Ghost of God, I ought to celebrate that. It was just a miracle on that day, it's just a miracle on this day. Every one of us in this room that's been conceived of the Holy Ghost ought to stand up in a minute and say, Praise God, hallelujah. Thank you for the miracle that the Spirit of God could conceive me into the family of God. I'm going to tell you something else about this conception. Jesus was now called the Son of God. I'm going to tell you, after the conception of spiritually, you can now be called the children of God. Jesus was never called the Son of God before that conception. But after the conception, he's called the Son of God. Isn't that good? Thank God for your miracle today. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I just wanted to bring forth this morning before we go into 2023. Just want everybody to know what the Bible has to say concerning this conception. Thank you, my Father. Thank you for the Word of God that brings so clarity. No misunderstandings. What are you saved today about, are you able to celebrate the miracle that took place in your life? Or this morning you're looking for a miracle. You say, brother, I don't, know, I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know if I've been born of the Spirit. I made a profession of faith. I've been baptized. I've been along this whole deal. I know about the Bible. I know about Christianity. But, but it just don't, there's just nothing in me. It just seems to be empty. It seems to be powerless. It seems to be void. I just don't get excited. I, I just don't have that peace. I just don't have that rest. I gotta force myself to church. I gotta force myself to read and pray. I'm just never hungry for God's word. I'm not thirsty for righteousness. I don't even care about good works. Won't you come this morning? Won't you come and get this new life in Christ? Only the Spirit of God can bring that to you. Won't you come? You sing, Brother George, softly as we consider Christ. Would you come? Would you come this morning? I come. I come. You may want to come and just give thanks unto the Lord at the altar. May we will praise Him for the miracle that took place in your life. This is the day to do it. This is the time to do it. We got all day. We always got time to praise Him. Thank you for the miracle, Lord. Thank you for the salvation that you brought in my life. Thank you for making life come in me. Praise the Lord. Blessed be His name. Thank you, Lord, for that miracle. I'll never get over it. I'll never get through it. It's more than I could even imagine. It's greater than I could even, anything I've ever had in my life. Praise the name. Some have come. Would you come this morning? Praising the Lord. Asking Jesus to do a work in your heart. Oh, you got to be spiritually born. Spiritually born, conceived of the Holy Ghost. Would you come? One more time, one more sinner, just come to Christ. Just one more saint, excited about being saved. Speaking to the Father, bragging on the Son. Lifting up the dear darling Son of God. Hallelujah.
Blessed be your name. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy, Lord. We'll finish our race. Everyone does. We'll complete our course. Everybody does. Everyone far to the Spirit. None quit. None give up. None give in. They always faithful unto the end. Faithful unto death, the Bible teaches in Revelation. Faithful. That's what the Spirit of God does. Transforms your life. Regenerates your heart. It makes a difference in your life. Serious today. Serious no. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name this morning. Thank you for just giving us the privilege to be under the preaching of your word. Thank you for the Spirit of God this morning bringing conviction upon our hearts and comfort. Thank you this morning, God, that we can look to you for truth. And we know without a shadow of a doubt, dear God, that it's real. We thank you, Lord, for all those that have been saved and the miracle they've experienced. God, it's a blessing today, God, to be around people that are saved. And God, to have a church today that we can come to and lift up the name of Jesus. And, and so, God, we pray, Lord, that you bring us back again. And tonight is 6. As I pray, dear God, as Brother uh, Jake and his family will be here, Lord, to sing to us and preach to us. And God, I want to encourage that family as he's looking to be a pastor someplace. And we pray, Lord, you'd help us as we minister to them, as they minister to us. And God, have your way now in our hearts as we go home and rest. And, and God, have time with our family again. Bring us back again. Lord, ready to serve you, ready to honor you, and lift up your holy name. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church.